Well, you know what today is? Today is a great day to start a new series. We had a great time in January with Jesus and me, and we are moving on to one another. I bet you didn't know that there's almost 60 scripture references that tell us to either love one another, be devoted to one another, have peace to, to, with one another. So for the next four weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to take different one another's from scripture and see how we can apply them to our lives. Now, if you're watching this today, when, when we're recording it, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. So we are obviously going to talk about how to love one another. But before we get into that, let's talk about Valentine's for a second, okay? Because I believe that there's at least three different types of groups who approach Valentine's Day. There might be more, but these are my three, okay? And the first group is the lovebirds. These are your newly dating, your newly engaged, your newlyweds. They're all over each other on this day. They're buying the flowers, buying the candy, the cards, the sentimental stuff. They're taking selfies with each other and posting them on social media. They can't keep their hands off each other. They are anti-social distancing is what they're doing. It's unpandemic-like on this day. And listen, if you don't know who they are, just check your social media a little later. You'll know who these lovebirds are. Now the second group is the boo birds. This is the people when they see something they go boo. Let's face it, it's the single people in the room. But listen, this is the type of person, they're also eating a lot of candy today. They're probably taking selfies, but with their selfie, they have maybe a glass of wine, maybe a group of girls, you know, sisters before misters. Dudes are in there with hashtag Valentine's is for the boys. I don't know what they're doing. Or maybe they're filming themselves destroying something from their ex or a crush that rejected them. You need to pray for this group. They, there's a lot of emotion going on with this group today, okay? So the third group is the old birds. These are couples. They've been in the game together for quite some time. They know they love each other. The, the ladies, you're not expecting some big trip or a diamond ring on this day. Maybe just, uh, you know, a simple acknowledgement of love. Maybe uh, a nice dinner. The old bird husband last night was probably at the store getting a card or uh, some flowers or maybe some candy that he knows his, his loved one would enjoy. They don't need this day to affirm each other that they love them. But, you know, some acknowledgement. If, if the guy doesn't do anything, the, the lady, old bird, is, um, not that ladies are old, ever, but uh, she, she might get a little mad. Now, I'm definitely in this category. Me and my wife are definitely, we've been married for 15 years. We are in, I would say, and she would agree, that we're in the old bird category, which is why it surprised me when not a few days ago, she sends me a couple text messages with some items that she would like to have for Valentine's Day. Items that cost north of $100 which I responded, Christmas was two months ago. See you next year. But I didn't say that because I don't want to end up in the old bird house. Uh, so I sent her a couple items of my own. Anyways, that's Valentine's Day because it is a day where we celebrate love. Now let's talk about love for a second. That's something that we, a word that we use often, isn't it? We use it to tell us how we feel about something or, or someone. And I want to show you a few pictures that you've probably used the term love when addressing this first one, okay? This first one is, is all the NFL logos, okay? Or, or whatever sports team that you affiliate with, okay? I love the Dallas Cowboys. Don't judge me. You love the Houston Texans, and I totally judge you. I digress, okay? What about the next one? I love pizza. Or you might say, I love tacos. Or I love hamburgers. We love food. We live in Houston. You can't not love food when you live in Houston. The third one, hey, I love music. And my favorite music, 
Def Leppard, okay? If you've never heard of Def Leppard and you're single in the Boo Birds, check out the song Love Bites. You will love it for Valentine's Day, all right? But whatever music group you like. And then this last one, look how cute that puppy is. We love puppies. We love animals, not cats. Kenny established that a couple weeks ago, which I'm totally supporting of. But we love animals. We say, oh, I love my puppy, or I love my dog, or I love, you know, my cows or whatever, you know, whoever you are watching this, I don't know what your thing is, but, but we love. And listen, you can have your own list or set of pictures that you could say, man, I love this. But let me, let me ask you a question. Do you think we use this term too much? Do we use this term so much that we've, it's lost its true meaning, especially in the context that we're addressing today with love one another and how God has established that we love one another. Now, if you were to Google love, this is what Google says love is. It's an intense feeling of deep affection or a great interest and pleasure in something. That describes our pictures perfectly, doesn't it? We, we have these intense feelings towards a sports team or towards a food. Yes, absolutely have that. Uh, or we have this deep affection for it, okay? But that's not the type of love we're talking about today. What we're talking about today is the Greek word for love, which in the Bible, the Bible has a few different Greek words for love. But the Greek word we're talking about today is agape or unconditional love. This is a love that no matter what you've done or who you are, we show this love to you. This is the kind of love that God has for us. This is what he's talking about in John 3.16, that God so loved the world. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you've done. God loves you unconditionally. So today we're talking about love one another. And I think it's important to know what that definition is of love. And how does the Bible define love? Now, if you're familiar with the Bible at all, you need to know that 1 Corinthians 13 was written by a guy named Paul. That's considered the love chapter. So if you're in the chat, chat room right now, put some, uh, some heart emojis right now because that represents the love chapter. All right? I don't know why I say it like that because it, it just makes sense. Okay, But this is how Paul says what love is. And I want you to listen to it okay? because listen to see, do I love like this? Do I love my spouse like this? Do I love the person I'm in a relationship with? And listen, if you're single, don't check out or click off the screen because this has much more to do than a marriage relationship or a dating relationship. This has so much for you as well. So keep, stay tuned, all right? But this is 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Check it out. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others, nor is it love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And my favorite, love never fails. Now, this is great to think about. Because listen, I know whenever I read this passage, I've got a lot of work to do in my life when it comes to loving my spouse better, loving my kids better, loving other people better. But here's what you can take delight in when you read this. This is how God loves us. And aren't you glad 
that God is patient with us? Aren't you so glad that God is kind to us, that God doesn't seek wrong stuff that we've done, but he loves us with agape love. It's unconditional. And the question we want to answer today, well, how do we apply this love in our lives with this crazy world that we live in? Because I think we would all agree that this world could benefit from us loving one another. And I want to take you to just one verse. We're going to look at a couple different verses today, but the, the one another verse that we're going to look at today is in 1 Peter 1.22. And remember, Peter was a disciple of Jesus, and when he was with Jesus, he learned so much so that he wrote a couple books to talk about it. So y'all turn with me to 1 Peter 1.22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. Now what does that mean? Our obedience to the truth is us putting our faith in the truth of the gospel. That's Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, purifying us, washing away our sin, that we can now have a relationship with God. This is now our identity. Now, here's the question we got to ask. What now? I've given my life to Jesus. I've experienced his salvation. And after our salvation, it's not like we're beamed into heaven. That would be awesome. But no, God has now given us purpose while we're here on earth. And we got to ask the question. Well, why did God save you? Why did God save you? And, and I know if you're going to answer that question, you would say, well, to, to wash away my sins, you know, purify my soul, which is absolutely correct. Or maybe it's because he loves me. A lot of us would say that God saved me because he loves me. And you know what? You are absolutely right. And I want to add to this because this is what Peter says in the rest of 1 Peter 1.22. He says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Now that is a mission. That is a purpose. He says, for a sincere. Now the Greek word translated is literally genuine. It's real. Brotherly love. Love one another earnestly. That means you are serious. You are intentional. It is not just a moment of love. It is a lifestyle of love where you are just putting your love so much so, so intentional on others that you are loving one another with a sincere, genuine love. It's more than a feeling. It's more than just a moment, but it is in fact a lifestyle. Peter is telling us something that he's heard before. In fact, he heard it directly from Jesus when Jesus is talking to his disciples in John 13. Y'all look at this. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. He says it's a new commandment. Because the old commandment was given in Leviticus 19 where it says, love your neighbor as yourself. But what Jesus is saying here, he says, love one another even as I have loved you. That's Jesus' love. So how did Jesus love us? Well, I want to take us to Philippians 2 and look at how Paul describes how Jesus loves in Paul 2, 3, 4, and 5. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. This is the kind of love that Jesus had. He was king. He was on his throne in heaven. He had every right to say, give me all the praise. Give me everything you got. Yet he humbled himself to come to earth to serve other people to put others above himself, ultimately to death on a cross. I want to go back one more time to 1 Peter 1.22 because look at the kind of love that he tells us to give. He says, for a sincere brotherly love. So what does that mean? What does brotherly love mean? That means that our brothers and sisters who are Christ followers. 
He says, when you love one another, make sure you are loving others who believe in Jesus. Now, that's a, that's a very specific group, people group, isn't it? Why is that distinction there? Well, I want you to look at what he, Jesus told him in John 13, 35, the very next verse. He says, by this, when, how you love one another, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's a simple tool. It's a great evangelistic tool that we are defined and people see the love that we have one another, that they are so attracted to say, wow, there is a special bond. There is a special relationship with those who consider themselves Christ followers. What is that about? Unfortunately, I don't know if the American church would be defined as being loving in today's world, is it? I think it mainly part because we've moved from the mission of love one another to performance. We think that if we can perform, if we can look the most like God, if we can know our Bible, if we can do all the service, if we can give what we can give, that God will look at us and say, look at all you're doing, man, that is what is amazing. But unfortunately, when we get into that performance mindset, we we're performing against other people. And so what we do is we kind of put them down and say, yeah, well, I read my Bible for 45 minutes and they were 30. So who looks more like Jesus here? I do. And so unfortunately, we, we've gone from love one another to judge one another, put down one another, and it's really divided the church. But Jesus, and then Peter follows up and says, the mission is simple. Love one another as Jesus has loved you. Now, why love? That's a great question. Why love? Why can't we just know our Bibles? Why can't we just you know, study our Bibles, which is great. You should, absolutely. You need to get in your Word, study your Bible. But can't, I mean, loving, that's, that's kind of difficult to do because not everybody's easy to love. I mean, I can sit here with my Bible and I can study it all day long. I mean, won't, won't that? People say, well, man, he knows a lot of Scripture. He must know Jesus. I got a little warning for you. That's great. But you know who else knew a lot of Scripture? Satan. In fact, Satan knows his theology. He knows who Jesus is. In fact, he knows his Bible so well that he tried to quote it to Jesus. He tried to quote God to Adam and Eve. He is very shifty. Now, knowing your Bible is absolutely amazing, but is that the only thing that's going to make us known as Christ followers? No. What about being good? Now, can I just be, do good things? Do good things. We have a ministry called Do Good. You need to get involved in that. Email Kurt Lawson at thebridge.me. But if that, is that all we want to do? Is that all that we're going to try to say, well, because I'm a good person, this means that I must follow Jesus because I, I serve and I, I fight for justice and I do all these things that are good. Here's the problem. First of all, we don't always feel like doing good. Second of all, how good is good enough? I think you would agree with me that everybody has a different st standard, a different definition for good. No, God says this. It's love. It's selfless love that all men will know how you love each other, that you are my disciples. Now, you can't fake love. You can't fake that selfless love, selfless love. We can't love people that are difficult to love. We can't love annoying people without the love that Jesus has given us. That's agape love. That's unconditional no matter what you've done. We can't love people who have wronged us because in and ourselves, we're just unable to do that. Paul, again, in the love chapter, remember the love chapter? In the beginning of the love chapter, he says this about servicing things and, and being, being good. If I could speak in all languages but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, 
If I had faith to move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be what? Nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Translation, you can go to church till you're blue in the face, but if you don't have love, it's meaningless. You can sing worship songs all day long, have Christian radio on in your car all day long, but if you don't love, it means nothing. You gain nothing. So many people, so many Christ followers say, well, I just feel so distant from God. I feel, I feel like God just, I can't connect with God because I, I come to church, I'm, I'm in a small group, I give, I serve, but I just can't seem to get connection with God. I would say, well, you know what? You might have a love problem. How are you loving others? You could be doing all this stuff and, and that's great. I love that you want to do all that, but the most important thing you can do is love others. That's why we at The Bridge, we, we want to be a loving church. We don't want to be known as the church with the best preaching or the, the best worship band or the best children's ministry or student ministry. What we desire is that people will look at The Bridge and say, wow, look how they love one another. You know, in Luke 15, it's the story of the prodigal son. And it's basically the story of a man who had two sons, an uh, older son and a younger son. The younger son pretty much looks at dad and says, hey, dad, I want my inheritance. I want my money. And then he goes off to Vegas, parties it up until he is flat broke, okay? Vegas goes broke, then he goes broke. And he's thinking, okay, uh, I need to get home because daddy's there and daddy will take care of me. And he comes home and his dad sees him. He's been looking for him and he, and he welcomes him with a hug. He slaps a ring on him, the best robe. He goes getting the, the best calf and they throw a party all because his son returned home. He was so overjoyed that his son came home that he wanted to love him through throwing a party. But you got the older brother. Older brother's out in the field doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's serving his dad, doing what he's supposed to do, not wasting money. And he hears some music and he's like, what is happening? Maybe this is for me. Then he shows up and see little baby brothers come home. And all this commotion is for him. And he gets kind of ticked. And he calls his dad out. Dad, I've been here the whole time. I've been serving you the whole time. Why does this gooberhead get a party? And I still got to get up early in the morning and go milk the cows. What is up with that, Dad? And his dad looks at him and says, hey, your status hasn't changed. You still get everything. But your brother was lost. Now he's found. He was dead. And now he's alive. And we're going to love him by throwing him this party. You see, we put no perfect people allowed on banners outside of the church and we give away car stickers that say no perfect people allowed. It's on our website. Also, people might walk into our doors. People who are tired, they're broken, they're ashamed, they feel dirty. That they might walk in our doors and hear the grace of a God who is obsessed with them. That doesn't care about what their past is, but loves them so much that they might bump into people that know that they're, that they're broken, that they're tired, that they have a messy past. And they don't judge them, but they love one another. Because listen, there was a time, if it wasn't for the grace of Jesus, that we would still be tired. We would still be broken. We would still be ashamed. But now we have been purified in our souls by obeying the truth of the gospel. So, here's a question. How are you loving one another? How are you doing? 
Is it difficult? Because yes, loving is difficult. But with God, he says, man, when you love one another, that's the evidence that I'm in your life. That's the evidence that God is working at the bridge is how we love one another. Or is it, is it difficult for you to forgive others? Because you think it might cost you something. Let me remind you that it costs Jesus everything. Do you get, are you just jealous all the time of what people have and what you don't have and you just wish what they had? Is it, is it difficult for you to be at peace with one another, to show kindness to one another? And I'm not talking about a moment here or there because listen, I get it, it's difficult sometimes. No, I'm talking about a pattern of darkness in your life where this is something that you are defined by, that you are a jealous person, that you are an angry person, that you're an unforgiving per person. And maybe deep down inside, you kind of enjoy when other people are inconvenienced or when they fail or even when they experience pain. I would say maybe you have never obeyed the truth. Maybe that you have never surrendered your life to Jesus. And what a great day to do that. You're going to remember it for the rest of your life. Valentine's Day, 2021, the day I surrendered to Jesus and experienced the love that he has given me. It's a love that will impact your life, that will impact your world. And listen, you might be watching this and saying, okay, you're telling me to love one another, but you don't know my story. You don't know what's been done to me. You, you wouldn't be saying that if you knew my story. And you know what? I don't know your story. I don't know what's been done to you. But I do know what God says is that he will change your life so much so that no matter what has happened, you will be able to love one another. And I want to share one more passage with you. And you listen to this. It says in Ephesians 4.31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And you're thinking, that's not fair. I have a right to be angry. I have a right to be bitter, and I, I get that, but I also understand there's a heavy burden that comes along with that, so much so that when you experience anger and bitterness, and you're just harsh, and you even want to do evil to people, that's heavy. That is very heavy to carry, and I've experienced very recently that I had not get, gotten rid of all the bitterness and anger that I had, and very recently, really when I started getting ready for this message, I had to contact some people and let them know that... I had anger and I had bitterness and I apologize for that. And you think, you know what, it's still not fair. And you're, you're, you know what, it's not fair. And it's really not until you put your faith in the most unfair event in history. When they crucified an innocent man, they beat him, they mocked him. They put him up on display in all his vulnerability until he died. But guess what? Three days later, he came back to life. So that we might put our faith in him so that we might be able to love one another. And instead of having bitterness, rage, and all that, look what verse 32 says. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We can love one another because God first loved us. We can forgive one another because God first forgave us. And when you experience this love, it'll change your life on levels that you didn't think possible. You will start looking at people differently. You will stop looking at, start looking at situations differently. So on this Valentine's Day, the day of love, we read in the love chapter. Maybe it's not just a love of intense feelings that, that brings us uh, our desires and pleasure, but rather it's an agape love where we can love unconditionally, whether it's our spouse, whether it's our boyfriend or our girlfriend, whether it's our kids, 
coworkers, or even the person that wronged you. Because with God, all men will know that you are his disciples by how you love one another. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for loving us. God, thank you so much for dying on the cross because you so loved us that you wanted us to have a relationship with you. I pray for the person who's watching right now, God, that that person that's very difficult to love in their life, that they would remember how you loved us, how you chose us, that at one time we were broken and we were, we were hurting and we were ashamed, but, but you loved us anyway. I pray that we would be able to replicate that love to others in our life, whether it's our spouse, our, our loved ones, God, or people that have wronged us even. Give us the boldness, God. Give us the grace and show us how to love one another every single day of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.